When everyone's on the same page, getting things done at work is easy. Make a bigger impact at work with Grammarly. Grammarly is your secure AI writing partner that allows your team to make their point and move faster. You can even save time by going from spending hours editing drafts to just seconds. Join the 96% of Grammarly users that say it helps them craft more impactful writing. Sign up and download Grammarly for free at Grammarly.com slash podcast. That's Grammarly.com slash podcast. Easier said, done. Welcome to the Pro Cheerleading Podcast, hosted by Makiba and Brittany, two former NFL cheerleaders discussing hot topics in the pro cheerleading industry and revealing the truth behind the palms. Hi, everybody. Hello, you guys. This is our Morris Brown episode with some cheer chat. Okay, Morris Brown, if you guys don't know, is a song by Outkast. I almost forgot about it. Did you? I didn't, I didn't know, know it was by, by Outcast. Actually, I didn't okay. know it had the name, so I was like, "We didn't interview Morris Brown," so I'm a little confused. <laughs> but so Andrea, I think that's how you pronounce it, not Andrea, helped us find our HBCU dancer, and we are so pumped for her. Thank you so much. She danced for Howard University as an Ula La girl, and as we were talking, she said that her song was Morris Brown, and it's got the whole band, and it was a really weird behind video. But I thought, it was, I mean, Outcast is so creative, but it had that kind of crazy video where people's faces were in flowers. Look it up. Instagram's been like blocking our videos, which has been True. totally pissing me off. But you'll look back at it and you'll remember that cute song. And so that's the name of today's episode. So excited to drop this time. I cannot <laughs> wait. We'll have to explain like what Morris Brown is, right? We have a yes. plan for that. Sort of. It was a school. It was an HBCU. Right. And is no longer around but got it in Atlanta that's all I actually kind of know so (laughs) don't quote me anybody else know it better than let us know but that's the name of the episode super excited I'm super excited it was so fun I can't wait for it to go live for you guys it's a great episode yeah and then what did we do this weekend Makiva (sighs) man have you recovered yet I'm still a little sore to be honest well that on top of sleeping like a old person and waking up with a completely sore shoulder and neck from you know if you sleep wrong on a pillow and you just wake up and you're all like this all day that was me like this hurt this hurt oh Uh. no but we did work our bodies out we danced with about over 40 young ladies uh in yakima washington it's like our new second home (laughs) pretty much (laughs) we're famous in yakima right (laughs) no i'm kidding we were joking about that but there's so many amazing people in Yakima, like Mickey from She's Got the Look episode is in there. Yeah. Who else? Well, Olivia, she's also a phenomenal makeup artist with Mac. And they're just so good to us, so welcoming. And, you know, we came out to do a dance clinic with this fusion dance team that's based there. And these girls were focused. They were trying their darndest to learn all this stuff and you know, spent their Saturday afternoon with us. We took some pictures that are up on our Instagram. We had like bonding time to even start talking about bullying and self-esteem. And the little girls were quite interesting. There were a lot of like, so my mom, you know, (laughs) some cute random stories, but they were opening up. It was really actually kind of beautiful. So we just wanted them to hear from us that they're beautiful and wonderful, each and every single one of them, and just to kind of open them up before they started dancing. Yeah, it was really fun to talk to them. Um, I didn't think I would have much to say, but then once we started going and just their questions and stuff, they were so sweet. And it's sad that bullying's an issue, you know, it's but so it's kind of like our Mean Girl episode. It it starts pretty young. young. Yeah, I didn't know you were bullied for your red hair. I was. I was made fun of for my red hair for a long time. 
Yeah. Mine was my nose and my name, Medorka, <gasps> Medusa, la. <laughs> Kids oh. are so mean sometimes. Oh, shits. No, I'm just kidding. But yeah, they were little shits back then. But it's okay. I mean, you know, we just were trying to help them understand that at the end of the day, you know, who is so-and-so with their little... They don't matter. They don't really. matter. Like, you're going to forget their name, probably. Don't let it scar you for life. I mean, ideally, you won't. So what matters is your opinion of yourself. Hopefully it didn't go over their heads too much, but... There was a lot of light. Huh? Yeah. I was like, close your eyes Blank and imagine... Stairs. You know, the three things that you like about yourself. Something that you can go back to and be like, you know what? Fuck with... Ooh. Okay, you guys. Here we go. <laughs> let me just... Let me just... I have been trying. I don't even know why, but I've been trying to, like, you know, channel my cursing for the moments that it really matters. And I feel like I'm wearing a straight jacket. So I'm just saying that in the moment, they're going to start slipping out again, okay? I mean, I feel like I behaved myself for a very long time. It's fine. We're all adults here. We're not at that what? class. You didn't cuss at the class. That's all that matters, That's, right? Like, sure? I didn't. I, I didn't hear you. Okay. Yeah. Well, then there we go. So... If it slips, you know, some of the guests that we've had on this show, I've been wanting to just be on my best behavior <laughs> for. I'm over it. No, I'm just kidding. Anyway, moving on. What else What else do we have going on? What month is it? It's October. I can't believe that. I swear, like, what happened to summer? What happened to September? But it's already October. It's cold. And the NFL does an amazing thing where they basically recognize, you know, cancer awareness. It used to be just breast cancer. So mm-hmm. it was like our favorite games where we wore the pink and, you know, had breast cancer survivors come out. They've expanded since. So it's Cancer Awareness Month. Yeah. And so they recognize and, you know, bring awareness for many different types of cancer, which each have like a color assigned so there's a lot of rainbows happening in October now I forget which team it was they danced with gold palms to recognize I should probably have written this down I don't know if it was childhood cancer the point is it's going to be a very colorful month Mm -hmm. and we do love when the girls wear pink so oh my gosh did you get to see it so on the yeah I did see that Seahawks dancers uh director Courtney on her Instagram story she basically was giving a sneak peek of a wonderfully beautiful a photo shoot with the girls in these colorful, long, flowy skirts, and it just looks so pretty. I'm excited to see that photo gallery, but I like this time of year for yeah, you know it's nice. for that reason. It's a beautiful, inspirational halftime performance that usually the teams put on, so it's it's exciting and inspirational to to honor people who are fighting that good fight and hopefully kicking cancers. But I hate that I'm smiling, but I'm thinking about when we would get bust out our pink stuff. You know, it's kind of a once a year type of thing Mm -hmm. and sometimes we'd be issued moldy boots did you ever get a moldy pair of boots so we'd get the special pink ones for the (laughs) breast cancer awareness game yeah (laughs) yeah (laughs) and you'd be like ah sherry i have some moldy boots and like we'd have to scramble and try to find another pair but well those boots were okay so we did have like the white boots that had the pointed you know heel and there were the pink boots, they were cute. They're hot pink, but they had like such a rounded toe that they just look very clownish, like in a thick heel. So that's how what we used to dance in, though. It is. It is. Our yeah. first or second years. And yeah. then they went more pointy, more room. Because basically when it rains here in Seattle and people don't air out their boots, they just throw them in the box and then you get Hand some back. hot mess with just black moldy spots. Everywhere. So that was fun. But it was always a really emotional game, too. Oh, like. Yeah. I think after the anthem or during the anthem, I'd always get emotional. And then halftime was always so empowering and just amazing to witness. I'm such a wuss. I would cry. Yeah. I can't even listen to Katy Perry's roar without like tearing up. And I'm dead serious. Like if you play it now, 
anyway, Someone I play won't it. sing. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> I won't sing, but it still touches me to this day. It just reminds me of that moment. And I think it was used for something else on Good Morning America, but it definitely has that like fighter, eye of the tiger, going through stuff and overcoming it vibe. So Right. And we'd have the high schoolers, some mm-hmm. high school teams come and help us like Build make the ribbon. ribbon. Yeah. I feel like there was a few other things. Oh, and then we started doing like the boxing gloves pink boxing gloves so that was very interesting to put together kind of last minute sometimes I know actually I'm curious to see if they're going to do something like that again because we had the pink boxing gloves and that was fun yeah made it different totally so we'll look to see everybody's posts about what they're doing to honor cancer awareness for the month of October but it's also like NBA preseason games so it's pretty exciting we trying to plot on which game we can go to but you know we'll have to see yeah but it's just like all kinds of stuff going on the nfl's in the uk for two weeks in a row with these games in london looks so much fun and danielle who is our girl like i know with the raiders with the raiders so we're gonna go watch her cheer at the game in november we're so excited to travel back to the bay area it's so fun i know if we'd planned it better we would have gone to the warriors game that is just like the day before we arrive but that's okay next time next we'll go back but super excited to see her perform. The Raiders are so cute. I mean, not the team. The Raiderettes are super cute. Just all of the fun things that they did and the pictures and all the sightseeing that they're doing. And they won that game. That was pretty awesome. My dad is a huge Raiders fan. And so I know he was very happy. I think we are too. Not to speak for you, but we were yeah. telling all the kids and they were like so upset. They're like, how can you be a Raiders fan and a Seahawks fan? Like ruining your team favorite or something yeah. like that. And it was just so funny. No, we're, we're like, we're fans of all the teams. like Especially the team's cheerleaders. You can always be a fan of the cheerleaders. Totally. Period. But yes, this time I'm going to actually buy something to wear. Yeah. That's a Raiders No, I'm all blacked something. out. Ooh. Yeah. Okay. I think that's what I'm going to do. So... I've just been excited, you know, this is all of our Instagram stalking, but, you know, the preseason NBA games and the performances that are dropping from all the dance conventions and who they're tagging in terms of the choreography, I think it's just really exciting. And I have this thing where I just, okay, here's a curse word, guys. No, I'm kidding. But, you know, when people just dance full the fuck out and it's just like they're killing it. Anyway, I can bleep it out, but I just want to like repost the performances that really just give me those goosebumps because they're just going hard in the paint. Like the Brooklyn Nets come to mind. Definitely Portland Trailblazer dancers come to mind. But I think it's going to be fun. We should do that. Pull the F out Friday or something. Something. And just send us your recommendations or whatever we think we like. I know. We tried that with Wonder Woman Wednesday, and it kind of didn't pop off. I know, guys. No, I'm kidding. Maybe we can <laughs> bring it back, you. though. But what we were, let's just talk about it because okay. maybe they'll, you know, catch on. But we had a Wonder Woman Wednesday, which was a way to get to know the people on the teams a little bit better, people that stand out that maybe don't get as much recognition. You know, maybe they're not a squad leader, but they do some really amazing, you know, community service on the side or. I don't know, they are a foster mother to like six kids or something. I don't know, something special, unique. We were finding them ourselves and it was really fun, but also like a needle in a haystack because sometimes the bios would tell you like five things about somebody and favorite movie hobbies and, you know, not a lot. So if you guys would like to start sending us recommendations of people who you look up to on your team, we would love to shout them out. That's what Wonder Woman Wednesday was about. Mm Mm-hmm. I'd love to bring it back, but yeah, it was getting hard. I know every like Tuesday night we were like stressing out and I was like, I found her and I found this person, like trying to stack them up. Yeah. And then um, with auditions happening, it was just like game over. We're and it's kind of hard because so many people we know is so amazing that it was like, 
it was hard to pick one person, but I think if we were to choose a team or yeah. a performance that really just kills it and embodies full the F out, then let's post it. I think that's what we'll do. That'd be fun. Okay. What else <laughs> do we got? Oh, so everybody was really, really vocal about wanting to do this mental and emotional wellness health episode and we were very passionate about it. I mean, I think we had our Mean Girls episode, but one of our listeners in Ireland, right, Cormac, sent us a podcast episode of someone that interviewed a Dallas Cowboy cheerleader that she was really close to. She has a different podcast. It's just, I forgot the name of it, but but this particular dancer was just sharing the impacts that the show of taping DCC making the team and being on the squad for a couple of years had on her. And it just it was a very intimate account of like how she handled all that pressure and stress and just, you know, the reality is that it's a struggle sometimes and we wanted to handle it in a way that was responsible. It's hard to find like a therapist that would be able to share anything helpful because they can't, they have rules obviously around like the regulation of their practice. They can't just spew off a bunch of advice, but we're not going to try to sub as therapists, right, Brittany? No, 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 (laughs) definitely not. Cause yeah, exactly. Like just with fitness or health or whatever, one size doesn't fit all. Mm-hmm. Same with mental wellness and health. You can't just have somebody on here and say that this is X, Y, and Z for every person. Yeah. So we're just going to, what are we going to do? We're basically just going to talk we're about just it. just talk about it. I think because, you know, nobody understands our world like we do. And we can at least relate to what you're going through and just talk through it, right? I mean, the same thing you do with your girls. You have a really crappy night at practice or... You know, you feel like you suck at everything because you're stretched so thin and you're trying to process those feelings that come up when you're getting critiqued and you feel like you're inadequate. We all build each other back up and talk through it. And so if you guys have any specific things that you want us to talk about, please continue to write into us. I mean, we have a few that have written in already and we definitely would like to touch on all things. And obviously we're not completely knowledgeable in every mental and emotional stress or disorder or anything like that, but... We're here for you. We figured that we'd open the floor for it. And we have a special guest who's going to join us for that episode that I also am just like so excited for. I cannot even. But I think we can definitely at least open the door to talking about it. So look for that. Yeah, for sure. Because we did have a thing called C- wait, CGA. <laughs> SGA, which stood for Seagal Anxiety. So it was a real thing for our team. Yeah. And we would kind of be like, oh my gosh, guys, I'm having SGA right now. Like, help me out. And we would kind of band together and like, Mm -hmm. whatever you needed, we would help out with. So I think we could just kind of touch on things like that. And like you were saying, just share your stories and we can keep them anonymous. But just letting people know, I think there's power in numbers that you're not alone in a lot of things. On any level whatsoever. And I just think that you know, we're part of an industry where you are incredibly critiqued and picked apart. And, oh, you know, on that note, I'm just going to say it, just based on our weekend in Yakima, I think what I was realizing is just that with a lot of these youth programs, there's a lot of emphasis with, you know, from the coaches on perfection or really mm-hmm. pushing these kids and picking them apart in the process with the aim, I think, of helping, but it's really, really like not, you know, like when you're learning something and you're trying something for the first time, you're putting yourself out there and somebody's constantly trying to fix you before you can even learn it, it is so damaging to their confidence and their self-esteem in terms of like getting through just that practice of figuring something out. I mean, thankfully, we did have that space when we were on Seagulls. I mean, sometimes it would be a little bit of picking to make sure that like if you're way the heck off, but when you're learning for a night and 
maybe you're just having a really crappy day. You know, it, it was great to not have somebody just breathing down your throat, like, fix it, fix it, fix it when you're trying to fix yourself. But sometimes your mind is just in a scramble. And I just think it's important for people who are coaches out there. And there's so many young girls that are looking up to us to do what we do. And I just, it just kind of broke my heart a little bit because that can really break someone's spirit. And it's stuff like that, I think, that comes up in, in hopefully that episode about how you kind of like work through that when somebody's just constantly picking at you and stuff and you can't really tell them to fuck off, you know. I'm just kidding. Well, I think we wanted them to have fun and that definitely when they were taking it really serious and I think they wanted them to perform and do really well for us because right, right. they were really excited to have us. But exactly, we were like, this is just for fun. Let's just try this. No and pressure. we were never putting pressure on them because exactly, we weren't classically trained dancers. So there's definitely areas in practice or what have you where we're struggling. Mm-hmm. And if I was like called out on that constantly, it would make me, I would probably not re-audition for it the oh, next yeah. year because we need time. I need to sleep on it. I need to like make my notes, whatever. So definitely a lot of things around like mental health and just the way you think about yourself and yeah yeah don't stress it's supposed to be really fun yes so to hear that some people like didn't return because of the mind games it played on them was Mm -hmm. really upsetting yeah from that question we put out there so and that's what we hope we can talk through to like just reach that one person whether it's mind games from the auditions process or mind games from your rookie year or mind games of just understanding like now that you're on the team like what it's all about Mm -hmm. you definitely don't want to let anything get in the way of you doing what you want to do so we're going to figure out how to talk through it i'm excited me too that'll be a good one and last but not least okay i'm getting more and more excited by the week but (laughs) (laughs) you guys we are coming in on our one-year anniversary uh, my friend called it a cheerversary. Hey, Danielle. But, I love uh, that. Yeah, because everybody's been cheering for X number of years, and it's your 10th cheerversary, whatever the hell anniversary. But we decided that we are going to actually have a party. So a listening party, a live. You see how well we're doing with this live business. But we're having right. a live podcast taping. And we have this wonderful space that we're in now, and we're going to invite, you know, Seagal alumni, I mean, everybody to join us live for that taping. It'll happen on November 2nd. We'll provide more details later, but it'll be a chance for us to celebrate the success of making it for a year. You guys hang in with us for a year and listening. If we can keep up those downloads, you guys, we will be on track to hit 20,000 downloads by the end of October. So we thank you so much. No, I'm kidding. So so (laughs) much for listening and supporting uh, this podcast and helping it grow and So we just want to celebrate with you guys, and you can ask us any questions that you want, and we'll answer them live on that show. Get all up in our business. Mm -hmm. (laughs) No, I think it'll be fun. Oh, yeah. We're going to sip some champagne or something, so ask away. You can ask whatever you want, but... That's coming up and in just a few weeks, which is crazy, but... It is crazy. Halloween marks our one-year anniversary, so... Please celebrate with us. Tune in. It's on a Saturday. No games. We're shooting for like brunch time frame, so early afternoon. Yeah, that'll be fun. Yes. And you never know. We're doing these live things now, and um, I appreciate everybody that's showing up, but maybe we'll dress up for like a Halloween one or something. Ooh. Trying to do more things, so come join us as much as you can. Oh, yeah. We really appreciate seeing your names pop up there and like all the cute little notes, like from Lindsay and Shelly. We just like appreciate you guys so much. So it's a celebration for all of us, and 
just your support. It's crazy. I kind of like can't believe it. Me neither. It's really nuts. And you guys have to see my Halloween costume that I'm going to make sure I So you got to wear it more times than once, right? (laughs) So a good excuse. I am so excited to make that Halloween (laughs) costume come together. So yes, you'll see our faces a lot more. And we just appreciate you guys joining us. And we're going to kick it to this interview with Deanna, Mm -hmm. who was with, no, she was at Howard. Which yes. you showed me when we went to D.C. Yes, Howard University. But she University. was an ooh-la-la girl, so. So you'll learn all about it during the episode, but it's, for their band, it's kind of, I think it's called like, oh my God, the entertainment, ah hell, the band, okay? The band. The band at Howard University, they play a bunch of like current and old school stuff. Their band is phenomenal. I want to say it's like the Showtime band or whatever the heck. But the ooh-la-la girls are the ones that I know because they are the dancers that dance for the band. Um, in the bleachers at the games and they travel with them for all the away games and they have like a battle of the bands where they perform and compete against the other school right and it's really really cool and they are just so phenomenal we've been like sharing clips of different HBCU dancers in our story because just to get you guys prepped for it but that's the episode Deanna is now one of the coaches at for the Cincinnati mm-hmm. Bengals and she gave us her time last week and it was just so awesome to hear from her and to you know, hear about our tenure with the Cincinnati Bengals for so many years and then to go on to a coaching role. So excited to share that with you. Yeah, super cool. She has some crazy stories from like tour oh. <laughs> and like we had a great time with oh my her. Gosh. Like she was so awesome. I think she can't had... wait for you guys to hear. Yeah, I think she had like memories for days. Yeah, and I yeah, we probably could have gone on and on. And then she shared pictures with us. Yeah. You guys are in for a treat. <laughs> you guys, it's going to be a great episode. And Check out the pages that we've posted. I mean, these dancers are killing it, and it's super exciting and fun to watch. So until next time. I know. Keep your eyes on Instagram live. No, I'm kidding. (laughs) Bye. Bye. Hello. How are you? How are you? Good. How are you? You are so gorgeous, by the way. Oh, thank you. (laughs) (laughs) Well, we appreciate you taking time out on a Sunday to chat with us. So where do you live? You're in Cincinnati. I'm in Cincinnati. Mm -hmm. I'm a Cincinnati native, born and raised here. Okay. Yep. I'm trying to contain myself because I've been so excited about this episode. So you're originally from Cincinnati and how long have you been dancing? Like what's your dance background and training? Uh, Believe it or not, I don't have a very strong dance background. I took ballet when I was three, decided I hated it. So jumped completely out of it. So I actually started developing a love for dance and watching Janet Jackson videos. So you could ask me right now and I can bust out the entire Pleasure Principle video like right now. (laughs) (laughs) I actually sat there down in my basement and I'm going to age myself and just say that, I, you know, I had a VCR. And, you know, and I would rewind the VCR over and over again. I recorded it from a show. I think it might have been Video Soul on BET and I recorded the Pleasure Principle video and I rewound it over and over again and I wanted to try out for my third grade talent show doing that video because I don't know I just loved it well no that's not exactly true so the year before that my second grade talent show tryout I was supposed to try out with a friend of mine and we were going to do Princess I Would Die For You oh yeah and my friend kicked me out of the group Oh, and she no. tried out somebody else. <laughs> and so I tried out doing something else. It was a climax, the men all pause. My sister made up the routine. It absolutely was horrible. And and I didn't I love make that it. song, by the way. Oh my god. The men all pause. You remember yeah. it? I know that song. <laughs> she's she's the baby. Well, I probably know it if you sing it. 
you do not want me to sing. And it's like, no, you don't want me to sing either. <laughs> oh, and I know it's pause. Pause. Yes, anyway, sorry. <laughs> to the room. Yes. Yes. <laughs> Inappropriate for a second grader to be doing a dance to that. But however, my sister made up a dance. <laughs> my sister made up a dance for me to do to that. And I, it was not good. It was no bueno. And I did not make it, but my friends made it and doing I Would Die For You by Prince. So I sat in my basement that summer and all summer long, I memorized Pleasure Principle by Janet Jackson and I tried it off for the next year's talent show and I made it. So that's how I started. And then it was just like dance battles around the neighborhood block, whatever. So it was like girls against boys. And and it was just me memorizing videos and just doing them and like battling like the boy dancers around the block. Nice. That's an intense uh, talent show. I'm sorry, but mine was like, anybody makes it. Like, <laughs> No, that was not, that was not the case. You oh, got wow. to try it out. Some people made it and some people did not. Yeah. I come from an era where everybody did not get a trophy. Wow. Well, hey, hard knocks. But I can relate to that because, I mean, I didn't take dance classes growing up, but the dance classes were the TV, you know, Janet's videos. Right. Oh, Abdul, like anybody that was dancing in the video, that was what I, with my VCR recording and watching the fly girls on in living color like you name it i was just trying to watch whoever was dancing and see what i could pick up right so after you win the talent show third grade then what (laughs) so after the third grade talent show like i said it, it was just like i just started memorizing videos and it was not just Janet I went on to like Paula Abdul and like going into the old school movies <laughs> and I'm really aging myself but like break in one and two electric boogaloo beat street all these other ones I actually live in the house right now that I grew up in so I was like I'm like pointing downstairs because I was actually in this basement like <laughs> recording everything awesome. just so I had material like go out there because those boys they were coming and they were serious <laughs> and I was like, we couldn't let the boys beat us. But as far as getting into like the cheer world, I didn't get an interest in the cheerleading world until I was about in eighth grade. And I had just transferred from private school into public school. Mm-hmm. And my mother told me that if I was going to transfer out of private school, that I had to come up with something that I was interested in. So I had to come up with some extracurricular activity, be it a sport or something else like that. And I was like, well, I guess I'll try cheerleading shrugged it off and sure enough <laughs> I tried out for it and I made it and that was my first cheer experience and then I also did a citywide drill teams after that and it was called the Stridettes and I started off with that and when I started we were just starting back up and there were literally only four girls on the drill team by the time I retired from the program that drill team had grown to almost like 35 45 girls and we go around all over the nation competing and there weren't really many that we'd go out to and did not win and so I kind of got into the love of drill or precision drill through that and we do a lot of parades and in the parades that's when I got introduced to HBCU dancing because we would be in Circle City Classic Parade and all that other stuff and that's when I first saw Central State Dance Team. That was my first time seeing that. I had no idea that that type of dancing even existed. And these girls, they were just, they were like in sequin from like neck to to bottom. And they had on these boots and they were marching and they were like high stepping. And I was like, I remember going up to my director and tugging on his arm. I was like, Rudy, that was my director's name, Rudolph Pickens. I was like, Rudy, I want to do that when I go to college. And he was like, dude, you can do whatever you want. Oh, that's awesome. And so that was my first time seeing that. So I knew that I wanted to go to an HBCU right then and there. 
that was what I wanted to do. Girl. I mean, it makes me think of, so I went to school at Georgetown and I mm-hmm. only applied to Georgetown and Howard and I was almost at Howard. And I think the first time that I saw, I mean, this was after I had already made the decision to go to Georgetown and my friends were at Howard and I was going over there to like a football game. And then my mouth mm-hmm. just like dropped. And I was like, this is what I am missing <laughs> out on. Cause you know, all the way from Seattle, I didn't really have a chance to you know, visit a bunch of schools. You know, my mom wasn't even feeling the idea of me leaving to go to DC for school. And so, you know, I ended up at Georgetown and my first exposure to Howard's campus and the football game and the band atmosphere and the girls, I was just like, so mad. Like, just mad at like, my, It's, like, it's jaw dropping because they're, they're <laughs> just like so together and there's still nothing like it. I judge competitions now. It takes me back to my ooh days. And I'm like, watching these high school girls doing it. But back when I was in high school, that didn't exist for us. You had to go to an HBCU to get that style. And so now it looks like a lot of the high schools and things like that are doing that. And it's becoming all inclusive. They're, they're all gender inclusive and everything else like that, which I think is fabulous. because It just didn't exist back right. then. Like back when I was in drill team and competing and things like that, it was our style of drill was military with a little bit of like fancy dancing to it. So it, it was different. So when I saw that, I was like, that's, <laughs> that's what I want to do. Yeah. So are the Ulala girls and those kind of dance teams, are they dancers, drillers, or cheerleaders or a combination? They're definitely a dance team. Dance. They're definitely a dance team, but they dance with the bands. So what would ha- happen at a typical football game, we'd be in the stands and we do what we called, I don't know what, what everybody else called them, we called them ripples. And so they were like a whole bunch of stand dancing. I don't know if you've seen Beyonce Coachella mm-hmm. uh, thing or whatever, where she had, it was very, very similar to that, where we had a captain and she would do something and then the next line would pick up and do it with her. And then the following line would pick up something. And anytime that she wanted to, she could switch. It was like maybe a two, eight count to three, eight count little number that she would do while in the stands at the game. So it didn't have a lot of legs or anything else like that, but it was very, very big, lots of arms, maybe some pumps, some hip rolls, head flips and all that other stuff. And it was like, we were competing back and forth with the opposing team. So while the football game is going on, the bands are battling back and forth. And I mean, every section is battling back and forth. So the trumpets would like be battling the other team's trumpets across the field. So the dancers, we would be battling the other team's dancers across the field and things like that. So when it came down to halftime and both bands are on the field at the same time, that's where, like, you know, we could even get in each other's face and <laughs> start dancing. It was like a competitive thing, and it was a party at the same time. So it's like, you know, you'd have the band would open up, we'd do a tunnel at the end of the halftime show, and the game would still be going on, but no, no one would watch the game. Everybody would still be watching the band because we'd have the tunnel, and each section would go through the tunnel, and they'd have a dance routine that they'd do with their instruments. Yeah. Or with us, it was just, we just had a dance routine that we would do through the tunnel until we got back to our seats. And then we compete back and forth again with the opposing band. Wow. From the stands again. That sounds fun. It is. It was so much fun. (laughs) It still happens. So, but this time when I go back for homecoming, they have alumni band. So I could see everybody who I used to dance with. Not only that, but was in the band with me because we would travel to all the games together. So we were like a big family. Wow. I went to a couple classics, like like the Aggie Eagle classic or something like that in North Carolina. Mm -hmm. I don't know. I must've had the impression that you guys traveled 
mostly for those classic like big games versus every, every single game. game. That's crazy of a time. Yeah. Game. It was a time commitment and it ended up being that I could not do it my senior year because I had to, at some point in time, take my night classes. <laughs> so I had to like give it up my senior year. So I didn't, I didn't get to finish out my senior year still doing it. I was like, okay, I got to graduate. That's not why I'm here. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe. I, can't be, I can't be that super senior that everybody talks about on campus. <laughs> oh yeah. That was the only comforting thing I would say to myself was like, if I were Ula Lagro, I probably would have been very unfocused on school itself. <laughs> That's what I told myself anyway, but yeah, yeah, you had to be pretty disciplined. Yeah. Well, can we dig into the game day even more specifically? Uh, I'm just fascinated by dancing in the stands because I mean, I know you guys are towards the bottom part of it, but just, you know, how often are you banging your shins up against, like how disciplined do you have to be to be able to dance like in bleachers? Is it as hard as it looks hard to me? Well, I don't think so. Again, I think it's completely tailored to have the dance routine from the hip up. So there's not a lot of leg movements. There might be a lot of like, you know, just hips swaying from side to side, maybe a two step from side to side. But everything is really like up here and with your arms, with your hair, with your torso, with your hips and things like that. You might turn around, but turning around during the ripple is like not something that happens often. Mm-hmm. I don't know. It, it might happen in the beginning, but then you stay back there and then like you might have a couple, take a couple seconds, turn around and start the next one. Yeah. I've seen some crazy like back bends and like just some stuff where I'm just kind of like, I, okay, no, I remember I was in the band from like 1995 to like 1997. <laughs> <laughs> so like nowadays, I think they do a few more little acrobatics and tricks, but that, that's not what we do. <laughs> Oh I feel like, can you take us back and kind of explain, so you had your eyes set on the Ula La Girls. How was the audition process? Did you make it first try? Like, you're coming in as a freshman. Like, that's so exciting. Yeah. So I didn't try out freshman year because band camp is over the summer. So I would have had to come up early during my senior year to try out for my freshman year because you have to go to band camp during the summer. So I did not get to try out for Ula La until my sophomore year at Howard. And <laughs> let me just tell you, so that is like a show. So they come up with a routine. My routine to try out for the Ooh La La Dancers was working day and night. It was made up by Nikel, who was the captain at the time. And she taught it outside on the yard. So everybody is walking by. On the yard? On, on the yard. <laughs> Wait, what's the yard? Oh my gosh. You okay, the yard line? No. Douglas Hall. <laughs> Like on the porch at Douglas Hall. And we're like out on the yard learning. But that was like her stage and her platform to teach us. And we're just out there. And everybody's walking by, like, and looking at us and watching us learn it and all this other stuff. But it was like a hazing because it's like, no, it's just, it's like the center hub of the whole campus. Oh, drum line. Like it's kind of just like the area where everybody hangs out. So I cannot believe they taught right there. Oh my God. Okay. They taught right there on the yard. And it was almost like an advertising thing because our auditions were also open auditions. They charged $1. And everybody would say that was the best spent dollar at Howard University because it was so hilarious and entertaining. Because not only did we have to do the routine that Nikel taught us, we had to make up our own routine. 
<laughs> and we had to perform that too. So watching people's interpretation of what they thought an ooh-la-la dancer should do was like, whoa. You tested <laughs> out your third grade talent show, right? <laughs> Yes, yes, it took me back to that all of a sudden. I was back in my third grade talent show, but I was prepared for it. But yes, I tried out and I didn't make it on my first year. So that was fun. My rookie year as an ooh-la-la dancer, there were, let's see, I was seven, eight, nine, ten. There were three behind me. So there was 10 of us that were rookies. We had 10 rookies and we had, I want to say 10 yeah, because I think we each had one big sister. I think there were 10 veterans. I'm pretty sure there were, but we were deep that year. They were like 18 or 20 of us. Wow. We were deep that year. And we never got to that number again because the band director, Mr. Newson, he was just like, yeah, that's too many of y'all. I don't want that ever again. <laughs> <laughs> well, if you think about all the traveling and just, that's a lot that's to a coordinate. Lot. When did you practice? Like in the evenings? We practiced in the evenings and that included smile practice because I don't know if you've ever seen the girls, but they are never seen without a smile. Like we would be lined up 15 minutes before practice, standing at attention, doing nothing but smiling, nothing but smiling, very quiet. Nobody could break our attention. We could not move. We could not flinch. That was just what we had to do because that was like a game day situation. So uh-huh. we, 15 for 15 minutes. minutes, just 15 minutes before oh, practice. 15. <laughs> yeah, 15. I was like, dang. <laughs> no, 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 just 15. And there was a lot of conditioning. We do up drills and things like that. And they say, ready, two, three, four, up, two, three, four. And we would bring our right leg up to a 90 degree angle. We'd point our toe mm-hmm. and we'd have to hold it there. One leg up at a 90 degree angle, toes pointed. And we'd have to hold that until they told us to put our leg down. Whew. Wow, that's an exercise I should try. It was intense. It was intense. But I mean, we all went through it together. And it was like, it was so much fun. Like I'll never, the sisterhood that we formed because of everything that we went through, it was, it was pretty amazing. That is so cool. So you're saying the captain's always in the front, right? So she'll start the lead of whatever routine you're going to do or eight counts. Mm -hmm. Does the, the order of the girls and the bleachers from there on represent anything? Um, it varied by captain. So Nikel was kind of a tall captain. So she always put taller girls kind of around her or she actually did it a lot like what I was used to with um, Bengals where she would put like, not necessarily taller girls, but the strongest dancers in the front and kind of filtered in behind with the people who might be just a little bit I don't want to say weaker, but I guess, I guess I am trying to say that. But then, you know, there were other captains that came along after her that would do it in height order. So they would put the shorter girls in the front and the taller girls in the back. So it really all depended on the specific captain, what they decided they wanted to do and how they wanted the team to look. Cool. I didn't know if it was like band where like the closer to the captain, the better you are. And so like, maybe you had competitions to get towards the front. That'd be cool. Well, again, yeah, that is how it was my rookie year. So... And I don't want to toot my own horn, but I got put up front like quite a bit. And right, I remember you said there was 10 behind you, so. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, no. Well, when we lined up for smile practice, we did that in height order. So I was number seven. I'm five foot eight and a half. So I was number seven, but there were three other girls behind me. That was all in height order for the rookies. But when we were talking about like actually performing or in the stands or out on the field, when the band opens up and we come out on the field and we perform, Nikel always put the stronger dancers in the front. I didn't realize that's what she was doing until somebody asked the question. Like, you know, I see my sister, she's as tall as I am, but she's always in the front. 
And I kept just told her point blank. Are you talking about Deanna? I always put her in the front because she always gives it up. She said, you start giving it up every single time we run practice, then you'll move up too. I was like. (laughs) (laughs) That is awesome. And then the outfits of the costumes, the uniforms, like, let's talk about those. We had these sequin, these red sequin. I have to, maybe I can send you one. Oh my gosh. We had these red sequin leotards and that's what we would wear they were all sequin so imagine what that did to the back of your hair (laughs) by the end of the game (laughs) and then they had like a silver collar and then we had these hats and they sat like right here on the side of your head and they were shaped like a football but they were also sequin and they sat right here and we would wear dance tights and then we'd have jazz boots white jazz boots and uh, silver cuffs silver sequin cuffs that went around our ankles that went over the top of the jazz boot. Okay. So then now I'm going to get to weather because rain, shine, cold, hot. Were you always wearing that? I can't imagine what you could dance in other than maybe, you know, some onesie or some sorts, but. We always had warmups, but something tells me, I think for the actual field performance, Oh gosh, you're testing my memory. I can't remember us dancing in anything else but our uniform. Yeah, that's like we would just have to, we'd have to grin and bear it through that performance. But we had capes that we would like wrap up in, and then we do a reveal of the uniform and then go out. But I can't remember cold weather. Now you, what did we do? I mean, from what I remember, I think I've seen the cape, but I feel like whenever it came to time to dance, it was just like. You take it off and then you Stand start. You up. take it off and you charge dancing. the field and you, you yeah. use your adrenaline to warm you. That's what I want to say. But now I'm like, I'm pretty sure that's what happened because I don't remember wearing anything else but that. Yeah. So you learn to rough it really early on. We would be able to layer up. We wouldn't dress like that through the game. But I, I believe for the actual field performance and for the field show, we would end up stripping down. Wow. Yeah. That's the NFL world for you. Just kind of... <laughs> Good introduction. <laughs> you gotta do, yeah, you just you gotta, gotta do what you gotta, you gotta do. do. <laughs> <laughs> I think we'll circle back and talk more. I mean, unless you yeah. have some other questions, but I think that's a good transition into the NFL. So you didn't. Oh, no. No, you're not ready? <laughs> no. I want to hear about it. <laughs> this is the HBCU episode. No, <laughs> no I'm kidding. Um, what other little questions? That, so, like you said, because it was a battle back and forth across the stands, like, was the dynamic really where, because all of the face that is served were dancing in the stands, there were no smiles. It's all like, I'm serving you and da-da-da-da-da. It's so intense. But was that like the vibe? Would you ever interact with the other team's dancers? Yeah, there were definitely some times. But it was never like during the game. It would always be like after halftime. And so we'd be sitting there and everything we did was in sequence. So the captain would start. So if we're going to stand and we're going to point our toe and then you know, bring our arms behind us, the captain would start and it would ripple down to the very last girl. And so we would be standing there and it was a sign of really, really deep disrespect if anybody broke your line. Like if we were standing in a line and somebody cut through it, so we weren't really allowed to let anybody do that. So I remember specifically one game I want to say it was Hampton and Hampton the real and Howard. Battle? Yeah, yeah. Hampton and Howard, we have a, you know, a lo- little love-hate rivalry. But I remember them coming off the field and these girls were like in our face and like marching and they wanted to get off the field, but we weren't letting them through because the only way off the field was to go around us. 
and be respectful and go around us. But I remember one of the girls broke through the line. And I remember somebody looking down, who let them break through? I was just like, oh, no. <laughs> and they're like, <laughs> but the respectful thing would have been for them to go around and not like break through us but that's not what one of the girls did and somebody broke through and it was like oh gosh lord please don't let there be a fight right now this is not yeah, that serious you're up in the parking lot <laughs> <laughs> right? but i remember i remember that vividly i think where they broke through i think somebody like gave a little shoulder shoulder push like try to push her or something like that I was like oh we're about to we're about to fight I don't want to fight <laughs> when you were dancing did you have a team that was what you would consider like the top of the line I mean it seems like there's like a little dynasty almost of dance teams I think there's so much pride put into our own dance team like you know we build ourselves up so much that like we really felt like we were the best in the HBCUs but I'm sure if you ask any dance team, that is what they're going to say. I think the Southern Dancing Dolls got a lot of press because, you know, they would always do the uh, Grambling versus Southern thing over Thanksgiving. And so they would always be like on NBC on Thanksgiving Day and all this other stuff. So that was kind of maybe a coveted spot, just gotcha. being able to be on NBC on Thanksgiving Day. But I still thought we were better. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> I could talk about it all. I could talk about it all day. Don't let me not move I, I, on. I, I, no, we, we don't have to move on. I just like I think that's so cool that you did both of it. Yeah, and then during basketball season, every once in a while, because we had two dance teams at Howard, we had Bisonettes and we had the Ula La dancers. So the Ula La dancers, we were the ones that danced for football, but the Bisonettes they danced for the basketball team. Oh, I um, know. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I don't know if they're still there because they were kind of new when I got to school and they kind of started up or whatever. And they were more technical, almost more like NBA is because they had a basketball floor to perform on versus a football field. So they were able to do all the techniques of, you know, the pirouettes, the leaps, the turns and everything else like that. That wasn't something that was highly pushed for ooh la la. But for Bisonette, that was a requirement. You had to have your technique down pat to be a bisonette and every once in a while there'll be like two or three basketball games where ooh la la's would make a special appearance at a basketball game so we would perform behind the bisonettes so the bisonettes would go out there they'll do their little lyrical thing or whatever and then we'd come out there and we would turn the place out because we would do like some type of miami bass routine with a lot of pumping and, ro and rocking and all this other stuff and we just put on a complete show and i remember like the entire crowd just like going nuts after we would leave the court to the point where the bisonettes whenever we would perform at their games they would change up their routine so then whenever they knew that we were going to perform after them they would make sure that they did also a, a booty shaking routine to like a miami bass type song and we we're just like okay right <laughs> y'all know right. you dance like this all the time. <laughs> we still did it better but, you know, they tried. It was a good effort. It was a good effort. That's just not what they do. You know, you guys, you guys twirl. You guys, you keep twirling. <laughs> <laughs> we would tear that gym up. I remember, like, like people were just, I, I'll never forget that. Because I, I got chills from hearing everybody screaming for us. I was like, they loved it. <laughs> <laughs> so with you, you were only for the football season? Mm hmm You would have auditions in the summer? We would have auditions just before spring because okay. we, if we made the team, you'd have to come during the summer for band camp. 
Got it. Yes, that's a long, long enough commitment where you're having a plan. It's all year. Yeah, you know. It is. It is all year. And band camp is not fun. It's not fun. <laughs> it is hard. You know, that freshman 15 that I put on, I think I lost like 20. Yeah. All it took was one band camp. <laughs> <laughs> so is it literally like the movie Drumline in terms of like that kind of intensity around training and prepping? That was pretty accurate. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Because you never know each sometimes. Mm-hmm. No, but each section had like their own brotherhood, sisterhood, and things like that. Each section had their own process of training their new people to come in and instilling the pride of being in the Showtime marching band. Each section had that. And it was to the point where we had personal shirts made for our section and everything else like that. And we had calls that we would do. (laughs) Ours was ooh la la. And so if I were to do that right now at homecoming, there would be like, 50 women out there that would say it back to me. Wow. Yeah. I mean, like the trumpets had theirs, you know, T-Bones, those trombones, they had theirs. They had Thunder Machine was the drummers. And so they had theirs. And so everybody had like their own little brotherhood and sisterhood within the band that, you know, everybody had their own pride. The flag, flashy flags. They, um, they were the flag core. They did it. The banner girls, everybody had their own thing. Cool. And that's what makes, I think, what Beyonce, not to bring it back to Beyonce, I mean, I could talk Beyonce all day too, but I really appreciated about her homecoming because she, you know, at least the documentary portion of it, because she was kind of giving everybody who understood what they were watching during Coachella was kind of like, oh my gosh, I see what she's doing. But um, Mm -hmm. that behind the scenes really just did a great job of just showing what all goes into being a part of that. And just hearing her say like she always wanted to do that, but because of her career, like she was not able to, but it's just, it sounds so cool. So, so Yeah, cool. that was definitely probably the most memorable four years of my life was being there at Howard and all my experiences with the band really, really shaped me, shaped who I am today and my, my work ethic as far as like dancing and everything else like that. Well, then that's now so that's cool. a good segue. Yeah, that's a good <laughs> we, segue. We can always just bring it back to HBCU. <laughs> that's but... what I'm saying. Cut and paste, baby. all good. <laughs> so you graduate from Howard and you return home, or what happens next to get you back? So, yeah. Okay. So remember, I said my senior year, I was not able to be in the band anymore because I had to take my evening classes and all that other stuff in it, but to interfere with band. I actually tried out for the Redskinettes. Oh, and I actually tried out for the Washington Wizards. <laughs> okay, so there's that too. So I tried out twice for the Washington Wizards. Stephanie, who is now the director for the Redskins, was the director of Wizards when I tried out for the Wizards. I did not make that. And again, I tell you because I didn't have a technical background. Like I don't, I don't think I could have made the Bisonettes back when I was eighteen, nineteen years old. I didn't. I didn't have. Like I said, I gave up ballet. I did not have a technique background. I, I couldn't tell you what a pirouette was. And so I remember my friend Jennifer, who is an amazing dancer, an amazing dancer, Jennifer Johnson. She actually made the Wizards and I've, I've seen her on like music videos and all this other stuff. She's out in LA just doing her thing and living her best life. I mean, she's like absolutely fabulous. But she made the Wizards dancer. But I remember her bringing me downstairs in the dance studio at Howard and trying to teach me how to turn. <laughs> like, two days before audition. Oh my gosh. <laughs> Which well, I laugh because we're in the same boat. Like we, I oh. have no technical background either, but yeah. I just knew I wanted to be part of, you know, the Seahawks. So that's so crazy that. I've, I've paid somebody to try to same. teach me how to turn. Cause yep. I'm like, fix me please. <laughs> like, how can I fake it till I make it? 
Right, exactly. I like. I just need to get around and not fall. Can you do that? <laughs> so, <laughs> like, can you help me do that? I just want to make it around and not fall. Can I just fake it? Whatever. So she got me a decent foundation, and I made it through two cuts of the wizards, and then they cut me. You know, again, they were Stephanie was just like, just get some more training and come back. And I was just like, okay, well, this is my last year here. So it was either now or never. Mm -hmm. And then with the Redskins, I tried out and I made it up to the finals for them and got cut in the finals. Wow. And I was like, well, I guess I'm coming home. (laughs) (laughs) So I came home and I auditioned for the Bengals and I felt really, really good about my audition at the Bengals. And I ended up making the team. And it was so funny because my rookie year with the Bengals, we went to, I want to say it was either Mexico. We went to Mexico along with the Eagles and the Redskinettes. And I had friends who actually made the Redskinettes that year. So we all met. It was Cheerleaders Battle at the Beach and it was in Mexico. And I had friends that were there on the Redskins and things like that. And so I was just like, oh my. So it was like another reunion. But here I was with the Bengals and they were with the Redskins. Right. It was really cool. But my director had to call my house because usually she sent out letters. But she had to call my house to tell me that I made it because I had to like get on a plane like the next week to go down to Mexico for the Children's Battle at the Beach. What was this Children's Battle at the Beach about? They used to do it. It's like a fitness competition, isn't it? Like a real, yeah, it is. I wish it they is. still did it. I always wanted to do that. I yeah, never. It was, it was so cool. <laughs> like we would literally have physical challenges, like mm-hmm. on the beach, whether it was like flag football or, you know, that kind of thing. And it was something that the resort would sponsor. They made a whole big promotion out of it. Like people could come and like see it, whatever. And it was, there were three teams, and we were there together. And there were always shows at the end of the night. So as a rookie, I didn't get to perform because I didn't know any of the routines, but the veterans got to perform and all that other stuff. So it was still kind of a cool experience. Oh, that's so cool. So who won the battle? Yeah. Well, you might ask me now, I'm going to say it was us. Yeah, right? (laughs) (laughs) Now I can tell you if that was a fact or not. (laughs) I'm going to say it was us. (laughs) We're going to go with that. Yeah. Let me just tell you this one story because, you know, I didn't know that we were going to like get our, pictures taken while we were down there or whatever so I'm like in the beach I'm living my best I'm swimming in the ocean my hair is a hot mess I was not, <laughs> not natural I was not natural at that time whatever so I was like going around wearing a scrunch set I didn't know about NFL glamour had no idea I'm just thinking I'm on vacation <laughs> and so my director like looked at my hair and pulled another African-American cheerleader on our team aside we're just like hey Kim so can you help Deanna with her hair <laughs> so I had like this French jet and gel and all this other stuff and Kim had only armed with bless her heart only armed with a like a curling iron curled the ends of my scrunch set <laughs> oh. so I had this big afro like and whatever and and she just like these little curled ends and things like that and that's how I had to take my pictures because they didn't know how to do my hair. And I didn't know I was getting my picture taken for pictures. And so my hair was just a hot mess. And so I'm sitting up there trying to smile through my tears and crying. Oh. <laughs> smile through my tears and crying. And then my friends from the Redskinettes come up to me and they're just like, Deanna, what's wrong? What's wrong? Is it your hair? <laughs> so I'm like, yes, it's my hair. <laughs> And the fact that they knew that was the problem, I just confirmed in my head that it was as bad as I thought it was. Oh. 
That's unfortunate. We're going to have a hair episode, but I think that, you know, you can kind of speak to that, that a lot of times they would hire people who had no idea how to handle certain types of hair. And it's like really frustrating Mm -hmm. because these are photos that you want to look at for the rest of your life and the memories. And then, you know, I'm obsessed with my hair too. So it's just like, you want your look to be together. If your hair is not right, nothing's right in the world. Throw the whole damn thing away. Like it's just, I was just young and naive and I didn't know anything about anything. And, you know, now, now we offer courses, we have professional help and all that other stuff that the girls are armed with back then. Mm-hmm. We didn't have that. I didn't know what I was supposed to do. So I had, I went out and I got what I thought to be appropriate makeup. It was Ben Nye. It was stage makeup. And I remember it melting <laughs> and it looked like I had chocolate milk coming down my face and it was like dripping on my uniform. And it was so bad. It was oh, so bad. No. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> See, these are, these are like the horror story, the, my rookie horror stories. <laughs> it was like all so much trial and error. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. We were going to ask how it was just the transition um, during your rookie year in terms of the NFL style versus yeah. what you were doing. It wasn't that intense as far as like the glamorous expectation for being a ooh la dancer, you know, because we wear our hair in a bun or if we did wear it down or whatever, it was, it was really simple. And it was just easier. I might have to wear a shade of lipstick. We didn't have to wear it like, I didn't know how to do eye makeup. I didn't know anything about brows. I didn't know anything about blush. I didn't know anything about anything. So all I did was I put on foundation and lipstick and I'd be done for ooh la la. <laughs> Not for Bengals. No, ma'am. That <laughs> was not going to fly. <laughs> I might have made it through auditions with, with that, but uh, they made it very clear about the expectation. I'm like, okay, so now you're on this level. You have to present yourself as such. And I had to learn. And it was a lot of trial and error and more error and more error. <laughs> <laughs> That is so crazy. So then how many, you're still with them, right? The Bengals? Yeah. Yeah. This is my 11th year coaching. I cheered for 10 years. This is my 11th year coaching. That is so crazy. So 10 years on the team, you were a Pro Bowl (laughs) cheerleader, I hear as well. You want to talk about your Pro Bowl experience? Yeah. Pro Bowl 2007. So obviously that was toward the end of my career. And let me just tell you, I've I've given up hope. I didn't think I was going to get it. Yeah, It was so bad. I bought a gift for somebody else who I thought was going to get it. Like I, I had a gift in my locker for the girl who I thought was going to get Pro Bowl the year that I got it. Wow. <laughs> cause I, cause everybody, everybody told me that this girl was going to get it. Everybody told me that. And so I was like, Oh, I believe it too. Mm-hmm. And I, if she was my friend, so I wanted to support her. So I went out and I bought her a gift, but sure enough, we were out there on that field and Charlotte, my director, she put the lay around my neck and I was just like, Wait, what? Oh, <laughs> oh my god, I, I think I bawled. I, I like completely because it's something I always wanted. Mm-hmm. It was something I always wanted, but I never every time they would come up and talk to me after the Pro Bowl cheerleader was announced and they they'd tell me something else I'd have to fix. Mm-hmm. And I got to the point where I was just like, This just isn't gonna happen for me. This is just gonna be one thing that I don't get. And that's okay. So I made up in my mind that it was gonna be be somebody else from here on out and I stopped worrying so much but I stopped being so fixated on it. it was so funny because once I stopped being fixated on it was when I when I actually got it and is it selected by director or a team vote at that time it was selected by the director got you 
now we do it by team boat. Okay. We went to Pro Bowl in Orlando this year uh, mm-hmm. for the first time and just thinking of all the different ways that Pro Bowl cheerleaders are selected. Ours was director selected as well, but I think it's interesting to have a squad vote. I mean, there's all different considerations, I guess, depending on how you do it. But, mm-hmm. but congratulations. It, I mean, Thank you. It was, uh, it was awesome. It, it was back when I was still in Hawaii. It was an amazing, amazing experience. I, I just lost my father. Um, I'm so sorry. Like that, that year. And so it was just, so to have that moment and like not have him, you know, be happy for me and all that stuff, it was just overly emotional. And I don't know if anybody, if you guys have heard of Ron Kellum, who was the, who oversaw the cheerleaders for Pro Bowl for years. And he actually just recently stopped doing it. Um, he stopped that. working for yeah. E2K. Um, Did you guys ever Pro Bowl? No, no, <laughs> we didn't. No. I was <laughs> in that mode of that. like, not, no, it's not going to happen for me. But I think we interviewed Lindsay Rosenberg, who works for with E2K. And she, mm-hmm. I don't know why these names sound familiar. But, but a lot of the Pro Bowl cheerleaders, like our friends and stuff, like Hope had amazing things to say about him too. Just mm-hmm. that he really took care of you guys so well and like just made the experience so amazing. Made the experience so amazing. I mean, he is just an amazing human being, period. He made sure that each and every girl felt so special. And I don't even know how he did it because there's so many girls that come and they come every year. But everybody left there feeling like they wanted to come back to their own teams and like change it for the better because they'd had this wonderful experience and they wanted to come back and share that with their team and, you know, uplift their sisters, you know, to like, you guys, this is how it could be. If you guys just, you have no idea and you, and you never experienced it unless you went there and you, and you experienced it. And so has I don't know. He was just an amazing man, period. Yeah. And anybody I think who's gone through Pro Bowl with Ron, will absolutely agree yeah wow. and it almost just seems like a big secret of like the magic and the beauty of what <laughs> what Pro Bowl is like and we got as close as we possibly could but <laughs> everybody says such amazing things about the experience and we might have to try to figure out how to get him on the show to share what he's oh, like, he would be awesome oh my he gosh. would be an awesome one to interview wow wow that's cool we should do that yeah duly noted but what an amazing thing. And like you said, just the timing of everything, I'm sure it had to be, you know, overwhelming. And It was, it was. And again, I only had one more year left in me, you know, cause I, I went in 2007. And so I, oh, and then I came back the 2007 Pro Bowl and I went overseas. We went to Italy and Egypt, like oh. right when I got back, <laughs> right when I got back from Pro Bowl. And that's where I tore my, my ACL. <laughs> oh no. I tore my ACL in Egypt. Yes. I'll, I'll never forget I, and it's actually a funny story that I tell. I tell everybody, everyone's like, well, how did you tell your ACL? Like, oh, I was table dancing in Egypt. <laughs> <laughs> I tell people that all the time, like, wait, what? <laughs> so what they did was they made a state. It was at a very small base. It was a family-oriented base and whatever. And our audience could not have been more than like 25 or 30 people. And I can't remember the name of the base, but it was a small one. And they had kids there. And so all the kids were sitting in the front row, but they made this stage for us to perform on out of tables. And they tied the tables together out of twine. And then they put Oriental rugs over top of the tables and they just uh, duct taped down all the fringe. And I remember going up, we had a very difficult show. Like I went up for a jump sequence where I had to do a toe touch pike into a push-up position. And I remember going up for my toe touch. And when I landed, one of the tables shifted. And I just heard a... No! And I, was, 
I'm sorry. You guys are screaming. Oh my gosh. Because oh, I, I, my mouth was still open from you describing the concoction that you were dancing on. Like, I would have been too scared. And not, not that it's about being a diva, but you know, those moments where you're just like, my safety's Well, everything. they assured us, because uh, I was like, I don't know, think this is a good idea, but they assured us that all these teams had come there before. Everybody had done all their shows on it, and it was, it was fine. They've never had a problem. Well, guess who was the example? This girl. Oh, I went mm-hmm. down, and those poor kids, those poor kids, I lost all professionalism. I was crying. I think I might have, I think I may have cursed a little. <laughs> okay. I was, heard it already. I was like rolling around on the ground and holding my knee and all this other stuff. The show was over. I think I yeah, I think I probably discouraged some kids that day to not be a cheerleader. Oh <laughs> I mean oh, that is so awful. Why didn't they just have you dance like in front of them? Like, I, like on the ground. Right. And, like on the ground. Oh my goodness. <laughs> that sounds like so bad. I'm so sorry that happened. Yeah, it was, it was pretty bad. So I went through a very intense rehab or whatever. So I had my ACL surgery is like, as soon as I got back. So all summer I was rehabbing, 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 and I was able to start cheering again. Believe it or not, I made it by the season, by the home opener. Wow. Wow. That's amazing. Well, it's good that you didn't, did you still audition too? Or did you kind of do a limited? No, actually, because I was the captain, the head captain doesn't have to audition. So nice. I was already on the team regardless. Got you. So I had to work. I was like running practice and everything else like that from crutches. And then by the home openers, when I went out there with the team and I danced. Gosh. So you obviously reached a leadership position, both in terms of Pro Bowl and being a captain. Mm -hmm. And right into coaching after you had retired, where they were just like, we can't let you leave us. How did that (laughs) (laughs) Right, right. I honestly didn't know what was going to happen after my 10th season, but I knew that I wanted to do two, 10 seasons, a hundred games. Well, you know, you know, outside of pro bowl or, you know, playoffs, but that was like my round number. I want 10 season, 100 games. I want that. Wow. Um, and so uh, that was my marker. That's why I decided on 10. I'll never forget. Charlotte came up to me and we had, uh, it was Charlotte Tracy. And at that time we still had Mary and they were just saying that, you know, well, I think, this will be a good transition for you if you wanted to come on to the coaching staff. And I was just like, because oh, that's not offered to everybody. That's not offered to everybody at all. Like we've had several head captains that have come through the program after I was done. I'm the last one that's been hired as a coach. I think a lot of them think it might be a possibility and everybody obviously would be honored to be asked to do that. But uh, that was pretty amazing to go from that into a coaching position. It was you know, again, like I said, it's, it's just not always offered. Right. Because uh, Tracy was the head captain before me and Tracy moved into a coaching position. Tracy is our head coach right now. And then she was my head captain. And then I took on the head captain position after she retired and moved into coaching. And then I retired from being head captain and being on the team and I moved into coaching. But there, we've had two head captains since that, both Tara and Lauren. And that that's just not something that's, you know, automatically offered. Yeah. Um, they, both of them obviously would have been great choices to move into that position because they, once you reach the level of head captain, and again, we don't offer that to many people either. Once you reach that level, obviously we see something of a strong leadership quality in you to give you that title of head captain. Like we don't have one right now, as wow. a matter of fact. So you have your squad leaders for each line, but yes, head we have co-captains team. right now and they are amazing at what they do. They really are. I'm in, all of how they have 
come together, the both of them to put the team together. And it's, they're, they're doing a really good job together. Nice. Wow. I think with the different squads and I mean, our listeners are always saying like, it'll be cool to see how other programs are run. So even the smallest glimpse into how things could be organized is really interesting to share because I think when you have like squad leaders for your small individual squad, um, mm-hmm. you know, there's, there's a certain degree of leadership with that, obviously, but thinking of either we had like what we called a the director called a player's coach or what did she call her? It was yeah. Like a, it was some weird title, but, um, but trying to indicate, you know, just that extra level of leadership over the entire squad. And right hand man. Kind yeah. Of to the director. Exactly. That's interesting. What, so what was it called? I, she called it like player's coach. And she's the current director now. So yeah. it was basically grooming. Was her almost like somebody who was on the squad that was kind of like her right hand. Exactly. Yes. Mm-hmm. Understood. So that's kind of like what our head captain would be because the head captain would be a part of like meetings that the three of us would have. And then she would come to that. So she'd be a part of those meetings sometimes as well. We'd have meetings without her, but you know, if we were going to include a captain, it would have been her. Gotcha. Really interesting. Were they like the voice of the teams? Yeah. And you know, everybody wants to be a head captain, but once you get there, that's a very lonely position because all of a sudden you're, there's that gap that you bridge between being, you know, Teammate. on the team, but also part of management. Yeah. And so it, it gets lonely and then there's rough decisions that need to happen. And a lot of times it's with your friends, exactly. you know, and you hope that, you know, they're still your friends and they can separate your business side with your friendship. And hopefully, hopefully the idea is that they don't put you in a position where you have to. You have to make those tough calls or those tough decisions, but sometimes it happens. I've definitely lost a couple of friends due to some, some things that they thought were within my control when they weren't. I think all of us have. I think if you talk to Lauren, she'll tell you the same thing. I, I know if you talk to Tracy, Tracy will tell you the same thing. Tara perhaps might say the same thing as well. It's a tough position to be in. It's it's a highly coveted position. Everybody wants it. But once you get there, it's like, oh, this is this is not as glamorous as I thought it was. This is a lot of work. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that's really interesting to touch on because I can't remember what episode we may have talked about it a little bit, but just that dynamic of being in a leadership position, because I think one or two of our listeners wrote in about, I think it might've been Mean Girls, where they were trying to ask for advice, or can you guys talk about, you know, the challenges of being a squad leader and having that, you know, weirdness with your friendships and people either being mean to you or isolating you because you are one or you haven't, mm-hmm. you know, or not getting the respect that you're supposed to get. I mean, it has its drawbacks, I guess. It has, yeah, it has its drawbacks as well. Like, yeah, you're honored, you're and you want to be a part of the decision-making, you get a whole different perspective of why things happen. A lot of times, you know, we bring them into meetings with marketing and with uh, the people who run the Jungle Vision and the music selections. And it all kind of trickles down from the top as far as like, you know, what the expectation is for what the package we put onto the field. And so that all has a whole play with what we actually put on the field to the music selections. A lot of times, sometimes marketing has ideas that, they wanted us to do like one time they had us had do signs where they wanted us to do like who, and then throw up a sign that said day, whatever, trying to get the crowd to interact and things like that. We'd never done anything like that before, because again, we're more of a dance team. And so like to put in a cheerleader type of thing, it was just like, and most of our girls are from dance teams. We might have like maybe three or four cheerleaders. Like we really relied on the girls who had the cheer background and show us like, okay, this is what we need to have happen. How do we do it? Because I have no idea. (laughs) I couldn't tell you. That's not something I did with Ooh La La. 
Mm-hmm. I've never seen, I've never held up a sign. <laughs> yeah. Well, people think that Either. we do cheers yeah. and it's like, no, we actually just yell defense or Seahawks right. or, not. or not yell because you can't <laughs> hear anything anyway. Just smile. <laughs> well, smile practice. So yeah. funny. We, we actually do have cheers. We have about 10 cheers that we do. There are like five rows of fans that know the cheers and they'll start them for us and everything else like that. So our cheers aren't going away. But it's just like, it's really for those first five rows because nobody's going to hear them up, you know, right. in level three, 300. Like nobody's going to hear that. Yeah. Well, it's just interesting to talk about because I think, especially as a dancer, you're just thinking it's the all about you or all about your team show <laughs> and like your performances and your dances and all the things that you do to prepare. And you don't really realize what others in the organization might view your role as like executing the vision that maybe the ownership has and so I think you know we've been learning with the podcast and the different guests that have come on just kind of how to look at our industry overall because there's our perception of it as dancers but there's also just the reality of where we sit in a, in a sports organization and how mm-hmm. and the expectations of, of the team are just a little bit different than what we might think our, our purpose is out <laughs> yeah. there. Well, yeah, and I understand a lot more sitting in a coaching position than I did as a cheerleader, right? Like, you know, I didn't understand why we weren't able to use like girl power songs. Like, I don't know, I'm a survivor or something like that. If we wanted to dance for that, it just isn't necessarily something that, you know, the average ticket holder wants to hear during a football game. <laughs> I think one of my songs I tried to submit was Go-Go's, We Got the Beat. And I remember going onto the fan message boards and like reading about it and the fans were upset. Like, you know, we have the worst music and it was one of the songs that I selected. And I was like, oh, it was just like, oh my God, we're at like fourth and goal. And then all of a sudden, all you hear is go-go's. We got the beat playing. Who wants to hear that? I was like, <laughs> they've got a point. But I mean, like, I, I didn't think about that. I didn't think about that. So now when the girls come to me with songs that they want to perform to, and it's just like, okay, it has to be football friendly. It has to be stadium friendly. You know, it has to be something that's, that the crowd is going to want to hear that's going to amp up the crowd. It can't just be something just because it's cool right now. You have to think about the actual atmosphere and the, and the people that you're performing for. Right. Totally. Okay, fine. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> I know. I know. If nobody spent like $82 to come see you guys perform. I know it's a shock. <laughs> what? <laughs> I know it's a shock. It was a shock for me too. I thought it was all about me, but it's not. I get it. <laughs> I love it. That is so cool. I think because of being so excited about the HBCU episode, they were the show. It was never like the freaking football game. I don't think people even watched or paid attention to the football game. It was right about the dance. It was all about that. It was yeah. all about us. Yeah, so it, was, it was a culture shock when I got. It was like, oh, so it's it's not about us anymore. <laughs> We we are game day entertainment and we entertain people during the timeouts. Like, but that's not why they came. Mm-hmm. Versus like during during the Howard football games, a lot of people come for the bands. It's not for the actual game. They come for the battle of the bands. Yep. Because it's a party. That sounds so cool. You've been talking about taking me for a long time. I know. I know. I know. And I'm oh, okay. you have to. <laughs> it's an experience that you'll never I mean, you have you kinda have to. There's just no other way of putting it. Because the videos won't even like do it any justice at all. Mm-mm. No, it's nothing like being there. And I'm actually thinking about taking my nieces this year to Howard's homecoming. My um, my second oldest niece is a senior in high school this year, and she's considering going to Howard. Spelman is our first choice. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> As I insert eye roll there. Right, right. Howard is their second choice, and I was like, okay, well then let me Thanks let me help you out. Let me help you out a little bit. Let Auntie help you. <laughs> <laughs> 
That is awesome. She will fall in love with Chocolate City, no doubt. Absolutely. Where do they have the homecoming? Back then, we had it at RFK. Well, FedEx Field now, but we had it where the Redskins played. Mm, wow. The Green Stadium was not large enough to hold our crowd, but they brought it back to Green now. And tickets are just limited. You just, you know, either you can go to the game or you can't. Oh, man. Well, I don't know how you're going to go, Brittany. (laughs) I'll be outside. (laughs) Just peeking through the fence. But you can still feel it if you're, like, just out there in front of, like, maybe Crampton Auditorium. You can still hear the bands going back and forth, but I don't know. And then uh, they always bring the tunnels past Crampton and in front of Fine Arts. So there's always the end of game show that you can always do. Yeah. Oh, that's cool. Oh, yeah. Form the tunnels and then they go back into the band room. But they form those tunnels like right there in front of Fine Arts. And then all the, the sections go through the tunnel and then they go into the Fine Arts and downstairs to the band room and put their instruments away. Yeah, it's a whole like processional off. I mean, mm-hmm. it never ends. Like the party, it just, ah. But still, for me, it's about the ooh la girls. So I love how she's like, the band, the band, the band. It's like, no, but you, like, you know, I know you have to, <laughs> but. You have to say, yes, the girls, the ooh-la-la dancers are by far, I, I want to call them eye candy, but they are the eye candy, whatever. But still, I don't want to shun the other sections. The other sections still put on a show, and it's like a high energy Mm-hmm. Like, like, man, you just going to go put your instruments away, but you still hype like that. What's going on? <laughs> <laughs> it takes so much energy and you have to be in shape, put it that way, because the girls will do something in the stands and the way that these, everybody with their phones these days and the video footage that they're getting of the girls dancing in the stands, like they're all up in your grill and they don't even look like they're breathing hard. I'm like, you just did like so much stuff and like, mm-hmm. all, I mean, and then they're <laughs> just not showing any signs of breathing heavy. All they do is just move their hair. And cross their legs, yes. and, legs and make <laughs> sway yes. and challenge the other girls across the thing and then sit down and swing their hair back and forth and then everybody does it behind them. It's, it's total attitude for the whole thing. Yeah. Oh, the whole through the whole game. Yeah. I <laughs> love it. Me too. So awesome. Thank you for taking us down memory freaking lane. I am so Yes. This is so much fun. <laughs> well wait, we can't well we I feel like Egypt is locker talk though. That's true. That was like an epic story. We we like have a ending, either like drop it like it's hot, rapid fire questions, yeah. or like an epic story. <laughs> you might have more. I mean, I'm I'm game to hear another locker talk. I was about like, to say, or you can drop it like it's hot, even though, gosh, I should have done like an HBCU version of drop it like it's true. <laughs> <laughs> that is a locker talk story for you. Oh gosh! Oh, the Egypt one. Yeah, pretty crazy. <laughs> that was pretty crazy. I mean, shoot, the one with my hair and as a rookie. You're giving us a bunch of good ones. (laughs) I can keep you guys going all day just on hair issues alone because I transitioned to natural hair while I cheered. So that was, you know, I almost didn't get married because (laughs) (laughs) my husband was like, no, no, this, I did not sign up for this. So you did that while cheering? That's not yeah, yeah. I uh, I transitioned in two thousand and three. Oh my goodness, that was my last relaxer. So yeah, it was not easy to do with the glam. And then you guys do have an outdoor stadium too, right? We have an outdoor stadium that even had a funny story with Pro Bowl because I got extensions put in for Pro Bowl and they were long and straight. And I pressed out my hair for Pro Bowl and things like that, and I went and everything was fine. And then it was the third day that we were there, and it poured rain in Hawaii and I don't know why I didn't think about this but my 
weave hair was stick straight, but my hair did this. <laughs> so, oh, so oh, oh, it was bad. It was so bad. It's like I had like layers of stick levels just coming out of like an afro, and it was just like straight, straight, straight. It was so bad. What it was so bad. Do? My husband hadn't gotten to Hawaii yet. I called him. I was like, "You have to pack my wigs." He was like, yeah, I'm "Not." He said, "I'm not touching those things." I'm like, "No, no, you have to." I said, "My hair is ruined. I can't go back out there like this." And he was like, "How am I supposed to explain this to TSA if they go to my back?" I said, "I don't care." <laughs> oh my gosh! Yeah. Oh my gosh! Name. It was so bad. I think I even have pictures from that day because, of course, like just because it rained didn't mean the show stopped. I'm on the microphone with my hair like (sighs) you probably started a new friend you didn't even know it people in Hawaii were rocking that look days after yeah (laughs) girl you're so supportive I can tell you were a cheerleader we're gonna leave it with that yeah that's how it was everybody down in Hawaii is rocking that hairstyle right now yeah they are (laughs) You've made the transition, and I'm jealous of those beautiful waves and curls. Like, I mean, oh, thank you. The process because it didn't always look like this, <laughs> <laughs> and it has a mind of its own. Some days it wants to cooperate, some days it doesn't. And then I was like, okay, it's a bun day, so that's what it is. <laughs> bun day. <laughs> oh my gosh, I like that bun day. Yeah, bun day. That should be a day mm-hmm. of the week because there's definitely a day where it's like. Just get this under control. Let it go. (laughs) Sunday, Monday. (laughs) Well, thank you so much. I mean, such a pleasure meeting you and talking to you. And oh my gosh. I know. I got all my HBCU like. I don't think you got it out of your system. Probably not. not done. Probably not. I'm probably emailing you some other questions. But I mean, it's just so fun to share. And I'm super excited about this episode. I just think I can't remember the girl's name that suggested you but thank you to her because Andrea Andrea yeah, thank she you. I was like what if they started with an A did you dance together yeah so okay so funny 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 story about Andrea I know you guys are, you have to go but real quick so Andrea she tried out for Bengals and her very first year she actually did not make it but I met her and like we instantly clicked and this was like in 2006 she was on the inaugural team for the Titans so she was on the 1999 squad for the Titans. She was with the Titans for two years, but then she's from here because she went to Fisk. And then she came back to try out for Bengals. She made the practice team several years later, but that year. But 2006 was when I got married and I met her. And I'm telling you, she and I are still best friends like to this day. Like she just left Cincinnati this morning. We had breakfast this morning, but I asked her to be in my wedding within the first three weeks of meeting her. Like, <laughs> and we are still best friends to this day. And so when she suggested me for this podcast, I was like, this is why I love you. Oh, that's so nice. <laughs> well, we, we really appreciate it because I was just like, somebody's got to talk to us. Somebody has to talk to us. And that was so cool of her to put us in contact. Tell her thing. Yeah. Hi. Well, I sure will. You hear it. Thank you. <laughs> You'll probably hear it. <laughs> What such a fun episode. And we just really thank you so much for just sharing all your stories. And, yeah. and it's an honor getting to talk to you. It's I so know. cool. No, this is fun. This was a lot of fun. You guys are doing a great job and bringing awareness to everybody. So yeah, thank, you. thank you. I know a lot of our girls listen to your podcast as well. Oh, hi, oh, big awesome. girls. Well, hi, we- hi, ladies. Hi, ladies. <laughs> we met, was it Allie? Abby. 
Abby. Abby? Yeah. Yes, yeah. So she was so sweet. She, she was, was one of my favorites. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Tolly like me, you know. So. Well, she's one of our co-captains. Oh, oh awesome. Yes. She's an awesome leader, an awesome leader. I can't speak highly enough of Abby and Sam, both of them together. They are they are awesome leaders. But yeah, she's our centerfold this year in our calendar. Oh, nice. Okay, we're getting it. That's a little bit. Yep. <laughs> and then we have two sisters on our team, Justine and Jordan, and they are bookends. So Jordan got front cover and Justine got back cover. Oh, that's cool. awesome. Yeah. We look forward to getting that in the mail then. We'll have to order it. But we definitely appreciate you guys sharing your coach with us. And yep. keep listening. We appreciate your support. Shoot, that's nice. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> have a wonderful rest of your afternoon. Thank you, you again. too. So much fun. It was fun. Bye. 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 Yay.